I'm Nick Harcourt and welcome to another episode of The Sound of Success, the podcast where we talk with movers, shakers and just plain cool people about music. This week's podcast is a mini-sode, occasional interviews and conversations that don't quite fit our format, but that we think you might enjoy. This episode features a Proust-like questionnaire about music and life, with 21 questions for musician, songwriter, singer-producer and animal rights activist Moby. Moby's early days in the music world found him playing in underground punk bands and later moving to New York City and turning to electronic and dance music, where he found success as a DJ and remixer throughout the first part of the 90s. He's considered to be one of the most important dance music figures of that decade. His career exploded in 1999 with the album Play, which became the most licensed collection of songs ever released as an album. Later releases include 18, Hotel and Last Night. More recently, he has been recording ambient music and his most recent album reprise was released in may 2021 he's also the author of four books including a collection of his photography and two memoirs porcelain a memoir 2016 and then it fell apart its sequel in 2019 moby is also an activist known for his veganism and support for animal rights and humanitarian aid it's 21 questions with moby so this is basically a pop quiz okay great we can riff on it if we feel like it but let's just do it First musical memory. My first musical memory, I was about three years old, and I was in the car with my mom, and Proud Mary by Creedence Clearwater Revival came on, and I was transfixed, and I refused to get out of the car until the song had ended. What was the moment you realized that you wanted to do music? I think the moment I realized I wanted to do music was my mom was a painter, And when I was around 10 or 11 years old, she was renting space in a big art studio. And there was also a band in that studio. And so while she was painting one day, I walked over to the band's equipment and I started banging on the drums. And a little switch got thrown in my brain and I suddenly realized like, oh, if I learn how to play instruments, I could make music. Like it had... Up until that point, I'd assumed that musicians were born as musicians Mm. and then there were the rest of us. And something, like I said, that little switch got thrown and I realized, wow, anyone can become a musician. You just have to learn how to do it. What was your actual first musical instrument? My first musical instrument was guitar. I guess I was around, around that time, around 10 or 11 years old. My mom had been dating a guy who left in the middle of the night one night. As they do. Some itinerant musician, (laughs) but he left behind a classical guitar. So I started, and I took music theory classes and studied classical music and jazz for years before becoming a punk rocker. What was the first song you played or sang, yours or anybody else's for that matter? The first song I ever played on guitar, and it's not a great one, and I love this musician, but it's not one of his better songs, was Crocodile Rock by Elton John. Okay. And I love Elton John, but Crocodile Rock, I don't know. Like it's kind of, I wish I had a, a better answer saying like, oh, I learned how to play Bohemian Rhapsody yeah, yeah, or, yeah. you know, a Clash song. But no, it was Crocodile Rock by Elton John. <laughs> Did you sing it at the same time? No, I was Did you afraid. Have the, to, I was, the I, trill? Yeah. It took me years to work up the courage to actually like sing and play guitar at the same time. Who's your favorite artist, dead or alive, who does what you do? My favorite artist, dead or alive, and it feels like the height of presumptuousness for me to say that 
we in any way have done similar things, but I'm just going to name it anyway. And it's a very obvious one to be David Bowie. Uh, well, you play guitar and sing, so. And I mean, David Bowie is, from my perspective, the greatest music, one of the greatest musicians of all times. And we got, he and I were friends. We toured together. We were neighbors. We spent Christmases together. But in the back of my mind, I never forgot that he is the greatest musician of all time. It's interesting. You and I uh, were, were having a conversation a, a little bit earlier on about people you've met uh, who perhaps didn't mm -hmm. live up to expectations. I met Bowie a couple of times. Once with a friend, my friend Gail Andorce, he was his bass player for many years. Yeah. And I, I met him in the context of that. And then later on, I interviewed him uh, for, for uh, KCRW um, after the last show he did, actually, in, in, in L.A., well, just before he stopped touring. And uh, apart from the fact that he was probably one of the most important musicians of the last hundred years. Yeah. Um, what a gentleman. Yeah. What Smart. a true gentleman. I've never heard anybody have anything bad to say about him. He always made you feel like you were the most important person yeah, in he that was, he was like, the moment. Whenever I talked, whenever I, and I hung out with him quite a lot, and he was always kind, gracious, funny, erudite, mm. informed, enthusiastic. Like he really was just a very remarkable human being. If you didn't do this, what you do, mm -hmm. what could or would you like to do? If I wasn't a musician by trade, um, I would love to be one of three things, either an architect or someone who leads whitewater rafting trips through <laughs> the Grand Canyon or... Uh, <laughs> like let me think. One. Or the first democratically elected, elected dictator of the entire world. One of those three Lots things. Lots of options there. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's your idea of happiness? My idea of happiness? Hmm. Honestly, there's so many things, but it's... I, as I've gotten older, the things that make me happy are very simple things. Like, it can be literally as simple as, like, sitting outside reading a book drinking a glass of fresh squeezed orange juice. Like to me, like, especially if it's the middle of February and it's 72 degrees, mm. like that's no wonder you like Southern California. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the height of happiness or hiking in Angeles national forest and just hearing nothing, you know, except for maybe like a slight like wind and maybe even a little bit of water. It's great. The older you get, the more you appreciate the space, right? Yeah. The quiet. What's your idea of misery? My idea of misery is having the flu while being on tour in Eastern Europe. Clearly something you've experienced. Many times it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a male hero? As in like someone who works for the post office? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, just somebody in life who you could look up to as a hero. It doesn't have to be a musician, obviously. There's so, there's so many. Uh... I mean, I think of Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese Buddhist monk, um, Albert Schweitzer, Gandhi. Okay. Um, I, know, I mean, Marcel Duchamp. Uh, boy, there. I mean, there's so many to to choose. I'm gonna, as obvious as it is, I'm gonna pick Gandhi for an odd reason: is that when he was a lawyer in South Africa, his life wasn't really amounting to much. But what he reminds me is that anybody with 
courage and determination has the ability to make, or at least try to make the world a better place. Like the same way no one's born a musician, no one's born a hero. Like he really turned himself into a hero. Female hero. Female hero, uh, Jane Goodall. Um, I love, she's my... Gorillas in the Mist. Yeah, she's my, my dream... Among other things. My yeah. dream woman. Uh, Jane Goodall and um, so many great writers. I think of Flannery O'Connor. Uh, but I, Jane Goodall, I just find her to be so inspiring. Favorite place on earth? Favorite place on earth is anywhere... It's very vague, but anywhere with amazing natural beauty. So whether it's like a redwood forest, the North Island or the South Island of New Zealand, um, the Scottish Highlands. You like nature. And I really like, as I've, again, as I get older, cities mean less and less to me. And nature is what really inspires me. You're on a desert island. You're allowed one thing. It's not a phone. What is it? Uh, a desert island. I'm allowed one thing and let's get let's let's say we, we, it can't be food either like so it has to be like an, a non-essential thing <laughs> you could say fridge i guess i don't know but yeah, yeah something that you something, have to have um but in that moment because there's nothing okay guitar if you ran the world and you were talking about like this benevolent democratically elected dictator, dictator or something yeah. mm -hmm. if you ran the world what's the first thing you'd do the first thing i would do would be to end all subsidies to animal agriculture. Because I put out this book a few years ago about the consequences of animal agriculture. And when I was doing the book tour, people kept asking me like, oh, but, you know, meat is cheap and dairy is cheap. And mm. I was like, that's because of subsidies. Sure. If it weren't for subsidies, a pound of beef would cost around $30. A family of four going to McDonald's would spend about $75. So I would just simply say, let meat and dairy cost what they actually cost. If you had a superpower, what would it be? If I had a superpower, it would be to transport myself safely and at will to anywhere in the universe. I love that one. When I was a kid, I used to watch a show in England called Randall and Hopkirk Deceased. Mm -hmm. And the deceased guy was, was Marty Hopkirk. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like four people listening to this know what I'm talking about. And of course he was dead, but he had the ability to just like click his fingers and then be wherever he wanted. And I was thinking, wow, unlike the, yeah. the fly, obviously, where everything gets mixed up and you come out regurgitated somewhere, mm -hmm. you want it to be safe. I like that. Um, morning person or night owl? I'm, I want to sound cool and say I'm a night owl, but I'm such a morning person. I wake up at 5.30 or 6 every morning and go hiking. So Easier to write a love song or a revenge song? I've never written a revenge song. Okay. Um, I find, for me, that the material that comes easiest is love gone wrong songs like sort of like sad sad wistful love that hasn't worked out songs digital or analog um analog that you store on digital <laughs> <laughs> do, you have, do you have a program that you prefer like a digital uh logic garage band i, I use I, mean? I use pro tools but i think honestly they're all good like whatever great records have been made with Fruity Loops, great records have been made with GarageBand. It's whatever you want to use. Whatever works. Yeah. Before show or before recording ritual? Any ritual that you do before you go into a studio or get out on stage? I really feel like such a disappointment that I don't have an answer to that. Because like, no, like I mean, I've, I know so many musicians who have these like 
super complicated arcane rituals. No, I always just kind of, if I'm performing, just walk on stage and start performing. Anything you've seen backstage that you wish you hadn't? Uh, anything I've seen? Yes. That you can tell us? Yes. One time, this was years ago, I was on tour and I had a bunch of, at a very, it was like a, a bigger tour I was doing. So we had like a lot of road crew and whatever. And at one point, my road crew was having a contest to see who had made the best and biggest poop. So they had all pooped on the floor on paper backstage. So I walked in and so there's like five or six guys standing around raiding each other's poop on the floor. And I was like, you know, nope, that is like, like on my deathbed. I want to like think of like the faces of loved ones, but yeah. I have this feeling I'm just going to see five middle-aged roadies comparing poop. I'm just wondering if the vegans were any better than the... I was the only vegan, <laughs> so yeah. my poop wasn't a part of it. Last two questions. The title of the movie of your life. Uh, a former friend of mine, a f and it may, you know, this might sound a little self-aggrandizing, but a friend of mine told me that if anyone ever made a movie about my life? And I thought he, it should be called Awkward Icon. Hmm. And I really liked that. I'm f I don't know if both of those things are true. I'm for sure awkward. I don't know if I'm an icon, but I thought Awkward Icon had a nice ring to it. What's your current state of mind? My current state of mind is enthusiastic and curious. The Sound of Success is hosted and produced by myself, Nick Harcourt, for Spark Network. Our theme music is by Keita Klein. For more episodes, find us on Spotify, Apple, sparknetwork.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>